Introducing the Listener Support Program, feeling the future and quality of House of Barf. Dear loyal listeners, at the House of Barf, we strive to bring you the most engaging, informative, and entertaining content every day into the world of business, accounting, regulation, and finance. We strive to provide you with expert knowledge, practical tips, and thought-provoking discussions to help you excel in your financial endeavors. We are dedicated to fostering meaningful conversations, sharing valuable insights, and creating a community of like-minded individuals who are passionate about business, accounting, regulation, and finance. Producing high-quality content requires dedication, resources, and effort from a talented team of one, me, but in the future, you know, hopefully I'll have a team. That's why we are excited to introduce our listener support program. This initiative allows you, our cherished audience members, to play a pivotal role in shaping the future and the content and assuring House of Bar's sustainability. In the future, becoming a supporter, you'll be able to enjoy a range of exclusive benefits. Benefits that I'm hoping to be able to bring eventually, early access to episodes, um, access to episodes that are not, you know, public, uh, you know, that are not accessible to everyone, possibly even um, create better content. And then all those mistakes I make, maybe I'll put them in a separate episode. You'll be able to get some behind the scenes stuff um, uh, and other uh, exclusive um, um, things such as merchandise. Possibly I have, uh, you know, a children's book coming out, maybe able to offer that uh, your support goes directly towards enhancing the quality of our content, expanding our reach, our research and investing in new resources and technology to bring you even better experiences. Your contribution will help us continue to deliver thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and insightful... Inter- oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, may, in the future, may possibly interview someone. Uh, that will keep you engaged and inspired. Join me, us... In shaping the future of House of Barf by becoming a supporter today. Your generosity empowers us to keep our conversations alive and ensures that we can contribute to provide valuable content to audiences around the United States and hopefully in the future of the world. To support us, simply visit podcasters.spotify.com. Then you can get to House of Barf. Um, also, it is on Spotify and um support this podcast and become a supporter and choose a membership tier that aligns with your preferences every contribution no matter how small or how big makes a meaningful impact and is deeply appreciated thank you for being an essential part of our journey with your support we can reach new heights and create content that truly resonates with you our incredible listeners God bless. Happy listening. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Again, if you would like, you can visit podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash Chan hyphen man seven. And you can go to support this podcast and become a supporter today. Thank you. You can also reach me at C287. 
gph at gmail.com. Thank you again. You have a wonderful day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. Let's get this champ in the house of barf. Good morning. So, been kind of busy, you know, with everything going on. As you know, I'm sure you're aware. Uh, we've discussed over these things multiple times. Um, so, I'm sitting here and I feel kind of bad because over the last few days, I've kind of been just doing some trades and I haven't really been able to. Uh, it's not that I haven't been able to, I've kind of been distracted. I've had a couple of, uh, not blaming anybody, but I had a couple of buddies who've been kind of interested in what I've been doing and have stated, Hey, Chan, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, essentially, can I call you, uh, you know, during market hours to kind of see what you're up to, see what you've been doing. And next thing you know, as I'm working on my trades, I'm also, you know, talking to buddies and we're just trying to get everything figured out. Kind of like, so, you know, what's a trailing stop and a trailing stop limit and a buy stop, you know, sell limit? You know, how about this this trade and what's technical analysis versus fundamental analysis? I said, yeah, we can discuss all that and we end up talking. And, um, so while I'm talking, I'm also trying to execute my trades and it's kind of hard to also study the market. Also, you know, try to talk to a couple buddies about what I'm up to and then also create the content. So what I've done is I've basically wrote down all my trades uh, over the last 30, approximately 60 days. And I'm just going to break them down real quick on here. Um, This could take a little while. Um, I'm probably going to get mixed up and confused over some numbers and, and various things, but We'll just go ahead and hop into this. Um, I can tell you, uh, so over the last 60 days, approximately 30 to 60 days, you know, I have my grand total of approximately how much I've lost or or gained. Um, I'll save that. I'll save that information. Uh, So uh, that's great information for me. It's kind of like, oh, okay. Now, easily I could um, just go to uh you know the cost basis page or easily I could just pull up the trades and just give me the totals. Okay. This is what happens a lot in business and finance with people is, you know, for example, when I just uh when I just kind of discuss people who haven't looked over their books in two to four years and then um just one day they want to speak with a financial advisor either because their spouse or because they just know it's the right thing to do or because they their pop or mom did it so they want to go speak to an advisor haven't done this in 15 years and then they just want to sit down for 30 minutes because essentially all they want to see is well how much money have I made or how much money have I lost you know but sometimes it's good to get into the nitty-gritty you know saying to the um you know, I don't like, you know, doing war comparisons because there's, you know, nothing compared. But when you get into the trenches, you know what I'm saying? So you, you get into it and you start looking over things and you say, well, what the hell happened here? And what the hell happened there? Why in the world did we do that trade? Or why did you execute that trade there? Then you start looking over things and you start saying, okay, these are how these numbers come along. So I could easily go to the cost basis page, you know, use the filters um, 
and all these, you know, different tools, probability tools, you know, all these tools. And that's what the tools are great for once you understand what you're looking for, what you're not looking for. So I'm going to get into some of these trades over the last 30, 60, 90 days, 30, 60 days. And uh, we're just going to take a look at this. Um, so I just want to say thank you to anybody and everybody who decided to stop by and kick it with your man, Chan. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm Chan, man. This is House of Barf. I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mangston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mangston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mangston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mangston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mangston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges with money and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mangston set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors it is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mangston, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mangston's Kulamade Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts. Your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. 
If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Manson's Coolmate Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mankson's Cool Amaze Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, you can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? It's Chairman House of Barf. Thanks for anybody who decided to come back and listen to this boring ass episode of all my trades over the last 30, 60, 90 days. This shit is about to get into the details. And uh, as they say, which I don't think it's a good thing to say anymore, but the devil is in the details or... Is it the devil's in the, the details are in the pudding or the devil's in the pudding or something? I don't know. I don't think we should be talking about pudding and devils anymore. I think that's kind of been canceled. But hey, I wanted more, 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 and everybody's yelling Cupid. But I'm over here feeling stupid. So I don't know. Um, all right. So let's get into some of these traits. So there's some traits that are just like they really don't matter um let's go ahead and let's just get started okay so one trade we have rgti ticker symbol rgti i believe let me check on them real quick see what that is uh i'm just pulling it up on my platform real quick and we're gonna go to uh Let's go to positions and let me just type in RGTI. So this was a trade that I made a while ago. This is Rigetti Computing. Okay, so they're currently trading at approximately end of market yesterday. Uh, today is August 30th, 2023. At the end of market yesterday, uh, Rigetti was trading at approximately 186. Now, I'm hella pissed about that. You know why? Because I could have easily done a covered position and, you know, because I'm seeing it going down. This is why experience matters. I sell the position, right? I'm out of the position. So let's go ahead and go over this trade real quick. So we have a July, not, not, this, I'm sorry, I'm making it sound like it's an option. It's not an option. On July 31st, 2023, I purchased a thousand shares of RGTI at $2.47. Okay. Um, then on July 31st, 2023, 
Um, I sold, um, yeah, I sold a thousand shares of RGTI at $2.50. So I made approximately three cents on every trade, a thousand shares, three cents times a thousand equals 30 bucks. So we made 30 bucks on that. Yay. Confetti. All right. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Let's go into another trade. All right. So Ford, uh, August 25th, 2023. All these, okay. Um, all these are, 2023 trades again last 30 69 30 60 days um again these are just 2023 so i'm just going to give the dates again all 2023 so forward ticker symbol f uh let's see how uh, let me pull up forward currently at the end of market yesterday uh again today is august 30th 2023 to the end of market, which is approximately 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, August 29th. Uh, Ford is trading at $12.05. Um, okay, so August 25th, purchased 100 shares of Ford at approximately $11.93. And then it goes into uh, 93.49. Uh, then on August 28th, I sold a call. It is a October 20th, 2023 uh, short call position. Strike price $8 at $4.10. Now, on August 29th, I bought the call. So I closed the position. I sold it at $4.10 and I bought it at $4.14. So I took a loss on that. Um, of approximately four cents uh, per contract. I only had one contract, so times that by a hundred. So I took a loss of approximately four dollars on that. Okay, so um, also on August 29th, I sold a hundred shares of Ford at twelve dollars and four cents. So do the math. We uh, take the twelve dollars and four cents, subtract it by the eleven dollars and ninety three cents and forty nine. Um, you know, was that tens, hundredth, um, thousands, ten thousandth, something like that. So, uh, that's approximately point one zero five one. So approximately 11 cents, uh, times that by a hundred. And that is a gain of $10 and 51 cents. So the overall four trade made approximately about $6 and 51 cents. Now that's over the course of what? Four days. Okay, so so approximately brought in, you know, um, let me see, because uh, the time value of money is very important. So approximately we brought in about a dollar sixty three per day. Now you say a dollar sixty three per day? Ugh, I can't live off that shit. Okay, one, a lot of people always talk about. Fuck that stock market. I can't make no money in the stock market. $1.60 per day. But guess what they're doing? Got $30,000 sitting in a savings account at whatever institution, bank institution they're in, receiving 
and monthly it's a penny annually it's 12 cents or let's just say you get um a dollar okay a month times that by 12 you get 12 dollars a year okay in this case we made a dollar 63 a day on our trade okay now the trade is closed um it's no saying that we can't go back so all right so we made approximately six dollars fifty fifty one cents on that all right, so there's another trade, OLPX. Let me pull them up. OLPX. This is Olaplex Holdings. I don't even remember what this company did. Let me see. Where's your, oh, oh goodness. Ah, sometimes, see, I don't have all my information up. I was trying to look for their fundamentals to kind of see what is it this company does. But it's okay. It's Olaplex Holdings, ticker symbol OLPX. So, August 8th, purchased 300 shares of the underlying instrument at $3.19. This is August 8th. Okay, August 9th. Sold the 300 shares. 250 shares were sold at 289 and 50 shares were sold at 263 so um so let's go ahead and take a look at that um so the loss of the 250 shares which would be three dollars and 19 cents minus the two dollars and 89 cents 89.5 uh that is a loss of approximately 30 cents it's 0.295 so we would times that by 250 and we took a loss of approximately 74 dollars it's uh 73 dollars and 75 cents then on the 50 shares we would do 319 which we bought at uh and sold at two dollars and 63 cents which is a loss of approximately 55 cents times that by 50 took a loss of approximately 27 dollars and 91 cents so approximately on the OLPX trade, we lost approximately $101.66. Okay. All right. So we're going to go to the next trade. Anglo, American Anglo, whatever it is, ticker symbol, A-N-G-P-Y. So I'm going to pull that up. Uh, OLPX at the end of market yesterday was a trading at approximately $2.75. Okay. Um... A N G P Y. So uh, at the end of business yesterday, this was trading uh, at approximately six dollars and thirty-eight cents. So on August 9th, I purchased one hundred and twenty shares of Anglo um, American Palladium at six dollars and ninety-seven cents. Approximately, it's point nine seven two five. Um, on August 14th, sold 120 shares at $6 and approximately $6.38. It's $6.375. So, on that, took approximately a 60 cent loss. It's uh, 0.5975 times that by 120. That's approximately $71.70. So I took a loss of approximately $71.70. So as you can see, just on these few trades, one, two, three, four, had a plus of 30, 
had a uh, plus of $6, had a minus of $101.66, had a minus of $71.70. So it's clearly in the hole, okay? But this is good stuff. Why? Because sitting here and it's, it's easy to look at your screen, and I've just stated this, and see those numbers. But when you break them down on pen and pencil and paper or in your Excel sheet or whatever it is, and you do it by hand, you're like, okay, I see what I'm doing. Because when all those numbers are flashing across your screen and the green and the red and the gray and all these different things, and you're like, oh, my gosh, and you think you know it. I mean, we do know it, but it's good to know the numbers and then you know what I'm saying? Use the tools and resources that we have online so that we're like, okay, so I'm getting where these numbers are coming from exactly because I sat down and I did these numbers. So let's move on. We got a few more trades we got to go over. Um, let me see. Okay, so I'm going to go over Paramount now, ticker symbol P A R A in the market. It was trading at approximately $14.96 yesterday in the market. All right. So, just a few of these trades. Uh, Paramount, August 7th, purchased about 900 shares at approximately $6.05. I mean, I'm sorry, $16.05. $16.045. On August 14th, sold 90, 90 shares of the underlying instrument at $14.71. So that is a loss of approximately uh, $1.34. It's $1.335. Times that by 90, took approximately $120.15 loss. Okay. Then on August 15th, I sold a January 19th, 2024 call strike price 15 at $2.28. Then on August 16th, so the very next day, purchased the call, the same call, January 19th, 2024, strike price 15. I bought it at $2.14. Then I bought four more at $2.12. So that was the initial one uh, at two dollars and fourteen cents, so you take the um, the two twenty eight times it by eight, you get approximately one thousand eight hundred. I apologize, because uh, each contract is a hundred. It's a potential of buying a hundred shares, so um, you take the. Um, I sold it at two dollars and twenty eight cents, and then I went around and bought it. At two dollars and fourteen cents, so that was um, an increase of approximately fifty six dollars. Um, so, um, let me let me see if I can just real quick if I could just kind of break this down just a little bit. I know it sounds crazy. To so, there are bullish and there's bearish positions. Okay, if, if you're not aware, so typically they say when a bull fights you. They're going to knock you up, okay, in the air, right? And when a bear fights you, they're going to put their paws on you and knock you down, okay? So, 
in a bullish position, you're going to buy low and sell high. Okay, because you're knocking it up. Okay, in a bearish position, you're going to sell high and buy low. So let's just take an example of somebody selling dresses, right? You know a, a dress dealer, right? So this dealer says, hey, I have dresses, and let's just say it's prom season, you know, wedding season is coming up. You can take these dresses and you can go sell them for more. And they say, well, how much is a dress? Well, I'll sell them to you for $100. So you buy one. Okay. So now you have the underlying asset. You have the actual dress. You bought a dress at $100. Now you're going around saying, hey, um, such and such. I know you got prom coming up. I got this dress. It's in your size. Would you be interested in buying it? And they say, well, how much are you selling it for? So you bought it for $100. How much are you trying to sell it for? You're trying to sell it for higher than $100. So whether it's $100.01 and above. Okay. And in stocks and whatnot, sometimes you can break it down, as you can see, into three, four decimals. So if you want to sell it for $101.35, whatever. You know, you just want to get at least a profit on it. Okay. So on the other end, right? So now you got this dress dealer, you sold a dress and now you get somebody who calls you, right? So you bought the dress low and you sold it higher. Now somebody says, Hey, I heard you sold a dress to such and such, you know what I'm saying? And they really liked it. Do you got any more of those dresses in my size? You say, sure, no problem. How much are you willing to spend? And they say, I'll give you $150 for the dress. You say, sold, right? You go back to the dress dealer and you say, hey, uh, I need some. I need another one of those dresses. And the dress dealer says, okay, well, I gave you the last one at 100 You know what I'm saying? This one, you know what? I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to say, they say, sure, you can go ahead, take it at 100 right? So you sold the dress, you took the $150 from the person, and now you go to the dress dealer and you give them the $100. So now what did you just do? You made yourself $50 because you sold it higher and then you bought it back lower, okay? So when you hear sometimes I say I sold a call and then I bought it back, what I did was I sold it high and I'm trying to go buy it back lower. Okay. So you can call it a wheeling and dealing or swindler, whatever you want to call it. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. It's just, you know, it's, it's available to everybody. So going back to these trades. So, um, cause I discussed it earlier with Ford that I sold a call. Um, and then I bought it back. So I sold the Ford call I sold at $4.10 and then I bought it back at $4.14. So I took a loss from that. I bought it higher than what I sold it for. Okay, so now going to Paramount, let's take a look at this. I sold a call. I sold eight. I shorted eight contracts, calls, January 19, 2024, strike price 15, 
at $2.28. So, strike price 15. Strike price is essentially, that's the price at which the contract is going to be exercised. I don't have all the information in front of me. I should. I should pull a book up or internet or something. But when the contract, so with the when an option contract, you have a few things you want to worry about. You want to, I, I, I pretty much refer to them as the three E's. You have the execution of the contract, the exercise of the contract, and the expiration of the contract. So the execute of the contract is when you just go ahead and buy or sell the contract before expiration. The exercise of the contract is when you let the contract exercise. Typically, they say people exercise their contracts when they're in the money. And then there's this expiration of a contract, which is the date when the contract, if you're still holding on to the contract at expiration, then that's typically when the contract is either going to expire worthless because it's typically at or out of the money. We'll get into those terms as well. Um, and then um, if it's in the money, typically people will exercise at expiration. Um, now, you have to discuss this with your broker-dealer because some broker-dealers, they say, if you're one cent in the money, we're going to exercise your contract. You may not want that contract exercised. You may want to go ahead and just execute it and just say, hey, I'll take my one penny and roll out. You may not want to purchase, you know, 100 shares of whatever underlying instrument at the strike price. Okay, so don't quote me on all this, but essentially at the money is when strike price and market price are even. Out of the money is when, let me see, let me make sure is when is, I believe, strike price. It depends on your call and put as well. But strike price, if I'm correct, uh, see, it depends on calls and puts. Okay, so the call, um, again, at the money is when the strike price meets the market price. Don't quote me on all this. you got to do your research. With the call, then in the money is when the strike price is, above market price and out of the money with a call is when strike price is below market price. So let me see. I, I can't think of it. I guess it could be, I don't know. And then you get into intrinsic value and whatnot. I think essentially if you do market value, market price minus uh, strike price, and that'll let you know your intrinsic value. And intrinsic value typically is either zero and above. There's no thing as negative. So if it's, let's say your strike price is 15 and the current underlying instrument is trading at 15, your strike, your intrinsic value is zero and you're at the money. Now, let's say the, this is a call. All right. So in a short call, long call, if, if I'm correct, it's the same. Okay. Um, um, so now let's say the underlying instrument is at 16 and your strike price is at 15. You're in the money with intrinsic value of one. Now, why does intrinsic value matter? Uh, I, I, I can't think of it right now. But let's also say, now the underlying instrument is trading at 14. You have, you're out of the money with an intrinsic value of zero. I gotta figure out what intrinsic value, like what, what's the point of it, why does it really matter? Because I guess essentially, if, if you know, if you have your premium, which is when I say trading at, let's say Paramount, I said trading at, 
two dollars and what did I say twenty eight cents. You know what I'm saying? So I need I need strike price fifteen with an intrinsic value of maybe like three. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I want an intrinsic value at three. And when it's at three, then I guess that's a good time for me to go ahead and decide if I'm going to sell the contract or exercise my option. Now, I went into a bunch of other stuff, but um, should we just should we just take a quick pause and then just probably we should probably just take a quick pause. Um, So we got the strike price. Okay, real quick strike price at expiration. So expiration, you have a date. So when I'm dropping these dates, I say like January 19th, 2024. That's the expiration date. Now, the prefix EX is a Latin term meaning without. So when you see your ex-dividend date, you are without dividend on this date. I don't know what paration means, but on expiration, you are now without the contract, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So on that date, you want to be you want to make your decision before expiration. Now, expiration with options, don't quote me, I believe is 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't quote me. You got to look it up. And typically, I've noticed a lot of these contracts expire on Friday. From what I've noticed, since I've been doing this, I've only been doing it for a couple months, I've noticed it seems like every Friday uh, I'm noticing these contracts expire. Uh, I'll take a look at that and verify that because I'm not sure. So we have the expiration date. We have the strike price, which is the price of where the contract is going to, you know, um, exercise. So if I have a strike price of 15 and let's say I bought a call and the call is now at 20, I have the right. If I bought a call, I have the right to exercise my option to purchase the underlying instrument at 15. If I sold a call, I have the obligation to sell the contract at 15. Now, there's things that happen. So I bought a call at 15. I paid a premium to have that right to be able to purchase the underlying instrument at 15 if I want it. Now, again, each option contract is a hundred shares of the underlying instrument. Okay. So I paid a premium in order to have that right. Now at expiration, you're not going to get your premium back. The premium is gone. You already spent it. All right. So at expiration, the seller of the call gets to keep that premium. Okay, so now they got to sell you this underlying instrument at $15, but at least they have a, 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 a starting point. The premium that you, you gave them, at least they have a starting point. Now, if the seller of the call so, sells the contract, then they lose that premium. Okay, um, so let's say, for example, you received... Um, a hundred dollars in premium. You sold a you sold a contract, a call, and you received a hundred dollars in premium. Now, the contract is trading, and you made a hundred and thirty three dollars. Well, if you say, well, 
hey, I made more in gains than I made in premium. I'm going to go ahead and sell this contract. Well, you got to give those premiums back. So now, actually, you only made $33, which is fine. It depends on what you want to do. All right. So we kind of went over a few things. Strike price, expiration date, uh, premium, uh, execute, exercise, um, expiration. So I just went over those very briefly, very briefly, very quickly. I'll definitely, in the future, we'll go back over it slowly. Okay. Like execute. Okay. Because this is something you do not want to do. You do not want to be in a position where you see your option contracts trading like hell and you shoot up a couple thousand dollars and you're trying to hit close the position. You're trying to execute this option position. If I'm correct. Okay. You've got to do our research and you hit exercise, you know? So obviously if you made a couple thousand dollars and let's say it's a long call position, you're obviously in the money. So you're going to, but you may not be wanting to purchase the underlying asset. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm pretty sure these BDs have gotten to ways where they just say close the transaction instead of execute it. Or, you know what I'm saying? They probably still use uh, exercise. And then there's just expiration. You know what I'm saying? That's just the date. So I'll take a quick break. We'll come right back. Thank you so much to anybody and everybody who decided to stop by Kick With Your Man Chan. I appreciate it. I'm Chairman. This is House of Barf. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? It's Chairman House of Barf. So let me get back into just a few more trades that I made. Uh, if you if you remember, just brushing up on it. Um, I had a positive 30, a positive $6.51. Had a negative $166 and a negative $71.70. So we're getting into, now we're looking at, what are we looking at? Paramount. Okay, so August 7th, 2023, purchased 900 shares of Paramount at approximately $16.05. Currently, again, Paramount at the end of market yesterday, August, today is August 30th, 2023. Um, so, in the market yesterday, which is approximately 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Paramount was trading at approximately $14.96. Um, so... August 7th, 2023. All these dates are 2023. So I'll just start saying the month and the day. Uh, purchased approximately nine, uh, purchased 900 shares of Paramount at approximately $16.05. It's $16.045. On August 14th, sold 90 shares at $14.71, taking a loss of approximately $1.33, cents, $0.34. That's one point three three five. Multiply that by 90, took a loss of approximately $120.15. On August 15th, 2023, sold a call. Uh, actually sold eight calls at uh, $2.28. It was a January 19th, 2024. Uh, and on August 16th, I bought the calls. Uh, I bought four of them at $2.14 and I bought four of them at $2.12 making a gain of approximately $56 and then a gain of $64. Um, and then let me see. Then I purchased, uh, I'm sorry. Then I sold on August 17th, 
Let me see what's 56 plus, let me see, 56 plus 64. So, made a gain of approximately $120 on that. Um, okay. So, let me go for it. All right, and then on August 17th, sold uh, eight uh, calls of Paramount, uh, March 15th, 2024, at $3.00. Approximately fifty-four cents, three dollars point five three seven five. That position is still open. Uh, and then on August 29th, twenty ninth, you know, twenty twenty-three, yesterday, uh, purchased ninety shares of Paramount at fourteen eighty. And then I sold one call on September twenty-third, uh, September first, twenty twenty-three. I'm sorry. Uh, again, sold one call is a September first, twenty twenty-three. Um, Strike price twelve dollars and fifty cents at two dollars and thirty six cents. Um, again, strike price is twelve dollars and fifty cents. The premium was two dollars and thirty six cents. So I collected that premium. Okay, premium of approximately um, let me see that two dollars and thirty six cents times a hundred. So I collected a premium of approximately two hundred and thirty six dollars. That position is going to be open. The goal of that is to go ahead and I'll let it expire worthless. Okay. Um, so um, I can't remember, but at the time of the trade, um, uh, Paramount was trading at approximately, it was really close. Let me see. Um, okay. Let me see. Uh, so it's twelve fifty plus the premium is the break even. It was fourteen eighty six is the break even. I promise when I bought this, um, I bought it at the market. It was probably trading at. I I can't remember. It was probably trading at fourteen, like, like or like fifteen dollars, like. You know what I'm saying? It was like $14.99, $15 at the time I purchased this contract. Um, so it was a it was a tough trade. And um then it, you know, I think it was at like fifteen nine. Let me see, what was the high today? Let me see. No, oh, let me put it. Let me see if I can see on the chart the high yesterday. Uh Fourteen ninety eight. Okay, so it was probably trading at like fourteen ninety eight when I purchased the contract. Then it went down to fourteen ninety six. Now I want to get this thing by September first to be under fourteen um, eighty six. Okay, so I'm saying that if it goes below fourteen eighty six. That hopefully it will expire worthless. Right now it's at fourteen ninety six, uh, and we'll just see how. Here, let's look at pre market um, today. Pre market, it's up one cent, approximately point zero six seven percent at fourteen ninety seven. So. It's looking like that may not work out for me. And, you know, before 
close on September 1st. If it's not under 1486, I'll probably just go ahead and get rid of the contract and probably lose the premium and um, possibly even take a loss on it. We'll we have to see how it happens. This stuff can get stressful. So let me see. Um, so let me go ahead and go over this real quick. So uh, on the stocks, because uh, again, I sold 90 shares, uh, took a loss of approximately 120.15 on that, uh, had a gain of about $56, had a gain of about $64. So total, I have lost approximately about 15 cents so far on Paramount, but I still have some open positions. So there's some unrealized, you know, losses in there. Um, a couple more trades that we'll go over real quick. Uh, and then we'll get ready to get up out of here uh, and then get ready for a trading day. You need to catch up on the news to see what's going on, see what's popping. So we have uh, Kotera Energy, something I've been working on. All right, so I'm going to get into this. August 15th, uh, purchased 30 shares at $27 and six, approximately 65 cents. Uh, on August 18th, I bought 70 more shares at approximately $27 and 76 cents. Um, if I could have, I would have sold a short put, uh, in order to sell the short put, I would have got a strike price underwards and I would have hoped that it would have been exercised, uh, so that I could purchase at a lower price. Uh, if the market shoots up, um, see, so selling the short put, I probably would have also wanted to sell a short call because I want to protect myself on both ends. Cause if I have the long stock. And a short put, I have a lot of bullish trades, but I don't have anything to cover me on uh, on a bearish trade. The short put position would have been a strategy for me to get the price at a lower price. Uh, to an extent, I would have kind of helped that it would have been exercised, but I would I would figure that out. Um, sorry. So a long put is a bearish position, meaning that you're trying to push the market down. On the other note, a short put is a bullish position. If exercised, you will be purchasing the underlying instrument on a uh, short put. On the long put, you would be shorting, selling the underlying instrument. Um, so, uh, on, also on August 18th, I sold... Um, a a short call uh September 29th 2023 contract strike price 28 uh for 95 cents uh take a look at that uh so then I bought the September 20 on August 25th I bought the September 29th 2023 at strike price 28 at 80 cents so I made approximately 15 cents per trade on that one times that by 100 uh, 15 cents. Let me see. Times a hundred. So I made about $15 on that trade. Um, let me see. Uh, also on Katera on August 28th, sold a September 22nd, 2023 strike price 24 at $4 and 10 cents on August 29th. I bought 
the September 22nd, 2023 at $4.10, strike price 24. So essentially there are commissions. It's approximately like three to $6, I guess, depending on how many contracts you get. Um, so I, I basically just lost commissions on that. And then also I sold a hundred shares of Katera at 28. So, um, so, uh, let me see. Um, I'm not going to do all the math right now, but let's just say it was 2773. Let's just do 2773 minus 28. Um, it's about 27 cents times 100. So made about $27 on that uh, and then made about $15 on the Katera trade. Um, Made about $42, uh, yeah, on the Katera trade. Um, let me check. I'm just checking some stuff. Okay, making sure I'm not missing anything. Okay, uh, lastly, uh, we have JetBlue. Okay, JetBlue, uh, uh, I went back a little bit. Um, July 31st, 2023. Bought a thousand shares of JetBlue. Okay, at approximately seven dollars and seventy-six cents. On the same day, sold a hundred shares of JetBlue at approximately six dollars and sixty-five cents. No, I'm sorry. On August third, I'm sorry. Just saw that August third, sold a hundred shares of JetBlue at six dollars and sixty-five cents. So that was a loss of approximately one dollar and eleven cents, and times that by a hundred, so that was a loss of approximately one hundred and eleven dollars. On August 4th, sold um, a call uh, September 11th, 2023. Uh, you know, of course, um, you know, respect to all the um, survivors, respect to all the people we lost um, and all the people who helped out, uh, all the people who are working in the World Trade Center, in the Pentagon. Uh, shout out to all of them. God bless y'all um, and all your families that went through that traumatic event and still to this day is affecting people. I mean, uh, the smells and everything, uh, the sounds. Uh, so, you know, um, shout out to all y'all uh, and rest in peace to all the people we lost on that day. Um, so on August 4th, I sold a uh, call September 11th, 2023. Strike price $7 at $0.05. Cents. On the same day, I bought the call at $0.06. Cents. So that was a loss of a penny. Uh, times that by 100 that's about a dollar. Lost about a dollar on that one. Um, on August 14th, sold 225 shares of JetBlue at six sixty. So that was a loss of approximately 100, I mean, I'm sorry, $1.16. Times that by 225, so that's a loss of about $261. Um, August 15th, sold uh, six calls. Uh, January 19, 2024, at uh, strike price $6 uh, at $1.21. Uh, August 21st, sold four shares of JetBlue at $6.30. So that was a loss of approximately $1.46 again. Purchased the stock 
back on July 31st at approximately $7.76. So we're taking the $7.76 and minusing $6.30. Uh, and that's a loss of approximately $1.46 times that by four. That's a loss of approximately $6. It's $5.84. Uh, August uh, 23rd sold 50 shares at approximately $6.25. So that was a loss of approximately $1.51 times up by 50. That's $75.50 loss. Uh, then also a I bought uh, the January 19th, 2024 contract at $1. So I sold it at $1.21. Bought it back at $1.20. That's approximately a loss of $0.21. Cents. Um, so, uh, let me see what else, uh, August 25th sold approximately 221 shares of JetBlue at $6 and six cents. That's a uh, $6, uh, 0.0648. Um, let me see, uh, did I, I don't know if I did the math on that one. Uh, let me see. Did I do the math on that one? Uh, yeah, that's approximately a loss of about of about a dollar and seventy cents uh, times about two hundred and twenty-one. That's approximately a loss of, if I'm correct, three hundred and seventy-five dollars and seventy seventy cents. Then on August 29th, I bought the January call uh, at eighty-nine cents. Um, let me see. Okay, so I sold six calls. I'm sorry, on August 23rd, I bought two calls at a dollar. Uh, oh, so I made 21 cents on that. And then uh, 21 cents per contract times that by 100. So that was probably about $21. Um, and then, sorry, some of my math is off, I, I noticed. But I'll take a look and I'll try to get this all fixed up. Um Let me see. And then I sold on August 29th. I also sold um, uh, uh, a September 1st, 2023. I sold four. I sold four. Uh, September 1st, 2023. Uh, strike price four at $2.16. Uh, so that buy of that January contract, I bought four of those. So I closed out that position. Um, so, uh, when I bought, um, at, let me see, dollar 21, let me see, 21 cents times 200, 21 cents times 200, that's $42. Okay, so I made $42 on the initial buy of the January 19, 2024 20, contract, um, and then I made $128. Um, so let me see. I feel like I'm if I missed anything. Um, so in JetBlue, um, we're going to take the negative 111, negative 261, negative $5.84, negative $75.50, negative $375.70. That's a negative of $829.04. Um, let me see. Um, September 
those are all the shares. Now on the options, I lost $5 on the September 11th, 2023 trade. I lost, let me see, um, um, I gained $42, um, I gained $120, so negative $829.04 minus $5 plus $170 equals negative $664.04. Um, so if we take all these trades that we've done, uh, let me see if I have a grand total of let me see let me see something real quick okay so grand total we have a minus six hundred and sixty four dollars and four cents minus fifteen cents plus forty two dollars plus thirty dollars plus six dollars and fifty one cents minus a hundred dollars and sixty six cents minus seventy one dollars and seventy cents these are these are just all the numbers that I put together I may have missed maybe a dollar or two. So I have a total of approximately a loss of $759.04 over the last approximately 30 to 60 days. Okay. So good news. There's still some open positions. Okay. So um, depending on how things work out, uh, we could very much possibly be able to collect some premiums um, depending on which way the markets go. Uh, if we did our, you know, our research, our due diligence, um, give me just one moment. Let me see. Okay. So, so currently we have two trades that are currently still open. We have the JetBlue, uh, with, uh, four contracts sold at $2 and 16 cents. Uh, we're waiting. We're hoping that JetBlue does currently the mark price is at the end of market yesterday, uh, uh, August 29th, 2023. The mark price market price is closed at six dollars and ten cents. So I purchased this contract at two dollars and sixteen cents strike price for. I'm sorry, I sold this contract September 1st, 2023, strike price four um, at $2.16. So I want this to stay below $2.16. Currently it's at $6.10. Let's go ahead and uh, see where JetBlue is um, pre market. Okay, J J Blue um, is currently up 0.16%. So it's up one cent. So now it's trading at $6.10. Um, so, you know, again, hold to expiration to that last minute. Let's go ahead. Let me take a quick look at um, when does the options market uh, close? I'm I'm hoping it's nothing crazy like, uh, like 2.30. Let me see. When does the options market, uh, what's the, let me see, what's the options market hours? So, 
it's yeah between approximately uh 9:30 a.m. eastern time to 4 p.m. eastern time okay um okay so september 1st before the market closes i want this to be below approximately $6 JetBlue and 16 cents so let's say it has a good day today right i may not necessarily get out because we was was uh let me look at the calendar um where's my calendar whenever i need something i, I can't seem to find it all right calendar so we have august 30th 31st september 1st so we still got a couple days you know to go you know what i'm saying so it could have a good day today august 30th have a good day august 31st and then september 1st i want to see what it does what it do baby you know what i'm saying um so we'll leave that alone. Um, and then we have a Paramount trade um, of, uh, we have, uh, we have uh, our, our long shares. Um, and then also we have a short call uh, September 1st, again, September 1st. See, the thing about these dates is we do not want to give our buyers any time. There's this thing, another expert, it's called Theta. And they also have, I don't know, the rest of them, the Greeks, the Delta, Gamma, Rho, Theta, Beta. Uh, I think, I'm not sure if that's it. Essentially, I don't know the rest of them. I know Beta is essentially the way that the stock or option moves with, the, the I guess, the benchmark or whatever. There's Theta which is time, and then there's something that goes along with theta, which is essentially time depreciation, okay? So the more that this buyer holds on to this contract every day, there's a possibly, you know, a little, then there's also, you know, how much value can it bring uh, if it goes up, you know, five cents or down five cents, and then uh, how much is that going to make for you? So there's a lot of math that goes into this that I can't even keep up with. I don't even know how to keep up with all of it. But essentially, for our buyers to hold on to a contract, essentially, for lack of better understanding or words, every day they hold that contract closer to expiration, the contract is possibly less and less valuable. So let's just take, for example, let's take, we got, um, we got, I don't know, take a running back. I don't, I don't know who you want to take. Nick Chubb, um, any running back, Marshawn Lynch, whatever. I know Marshawn Lynch is retired, but any running back you want to take, right? Adrian Peterson, whoever you want to take. So essentially, at the beginning of the game, you say, I bet you the running back's going to run for 200 yards today, right? So first quarter, they got 50 yards. This contract... We're still holding on to. Okay. We said they're going to run for 200. First quarter, 50 yards. We're still good. We're still here. All right. We got three more quarters to go. Second quarter. They get 30 more yards. We're at 80 yards. Okay. We're still okay. All right. Let's see. We're still good. 80 yards. You got 120 to go in the second half. Okay. Third quarter, you know, runs for like 50. So we're at 130. All right, so 
fourth quarter, how are we feeling? Do we want to hold on to this contract or do we just want to get rid of it? Or just hold it to expiration and let it expire worthless? Okay. So we're at 130 yards, right? So fourth quarter, two minutes to go. We're at, we're at 170 yards. All right. We got two minutes to go. And we got the ball on the one-yard line. Okay? This can go either way. Okay? But what's happening to that contract? It's getting more and more worthless. All right? The longer you held on to it, the more and more worthless it got. You could have, you could have, you know, just got rid of the contract, sold it, you know, sold it to somebody else. I was like, hey, I'll take it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, or just let it expire worthless. But as we get closer and closer to the 0, 0.00, we're starting to lose time and it's starting to depreciate. So that's kind of where it kind of comes in to the factors. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, uh, let me go ahead and take a look. Um, so yeah, we don't want to give these buyers any time as much as we can. We can, you know, we want to take time away from them. because now let's say, um, Let's just say we incorporate overtime, right? So now the running back ran for 170 yards, but now it's overtime, right? So now it's like, oh, shit. Now let's say we're incorporating overtime as well. We're not just incorporating the regular, you know, the regular hours, the regular regulation period, right? So now we go into overtime. Oh, shit. This contract is back in effect. You know what I'm saying? That's essentially what happens when you give the buyers more and more time. Now, on the other end, um, you sell a contract and it's a year out, right? You gave yourself so much time to, you know what I'm saying, you know, you do whatever you need to do, you know what I'm saying, over time. Okay, so let me go ahead and take a quick look at this Paramount. We have a short call uh, um Strike price twelve dollars and fifty cents. So I'll be obligated to sell a contract at twelve dollars and fifty cents. Now I have Paramount the underlying instrument at fifteen dollars and ninety two cents. So I'm gonna be taking a loss of approximately three dollars and forty forty cents or some something like that. And I'm gonna have to actually sell those. So unless this thing is about to expire worthless, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to have to take that three dollars something loss. Uh, times a hundred, so that's gonna be a loss of about three hundred dollars just off jumps, you know. But I get to keep the premium of two thirty six, so it'll be a loss of like a hundred and some odd dollars. Um, then also we have a short March fifteenth, twenty twenty four, okay, at three dollars and fifty four cents. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, see that may not have a lot of trading volume because it's so far out. We don't know what Paramount's going to do by March, okay? But what can we guess? Paramount, you know, we get through the fall, you know, movies on Paramount, you know, football, you know what I'm saying, is over in January, February. You know, so March, it may cool down. So I got a strike price, $12.50 on that as well. So as long as it stays below approximately $16, we should be pretty good. And according right now, uh, Paramount's trading at approximately $14.96, approximately as of the end of market yesterday, August 29, 2023. So we have those trades we're working on. Down approximately, I'm just going to round it up to $800. 
down approximately $800. Let me see that bottom line again. What was it again? Oh, right. let me just get one second. One second. Where's that? Let me see. I lost my bottom line. That lets you know how organized I am. Approximately $760. Okay. I'm just going to run it up to $800. Okay. So, you know, one thing I'm kind of doing that I would say is irresponsible, not prudent, is I'm kind of income investing. Right? I'm in a situation right now where I'm broke, lost my job, lost my spouse. You know what I'm saying? About to lose my house. Everything, my car, you know what I'm saying? I'm in a shithole, you know? Um, so I've kind of been doing this thing called income investing, where the trades that I'm making, I'm trying to get income off of, meaning I need that money now, you know what I'm saying, so that I can pay these bills, you know what I'm saying? Because I've been applying for jobs, but ain't no jobs been getting back to me. I just told you I got some. One, I got this podcast, House of Barf, no company is going to want to deal with anybody who has a podcast because when you come into their organization, they want you to work on their podcast. You know what I'm saying? And they want me to just get rid of my shit. Essentially, they're going to say, ask me a question. If hired on, would you continue your outside business activities? And I'd have to say no. So previously, I had a podcast, which I made like 25 cents on in the first like 13 episodes i'm about to be 200 episodes in and i've made not even a single penny i'm like what is going on you know but it's all good it's all good i'm staying patient i'm just going to keep creating the content um um so the first podcast i went ahead and deleted all the episodes i was like screw it just i don't want no problems with my company I want them to find this and be like, what is this about? And do you really feel this way about, you know, Caucasians or Asians or Latinos or women or men or social classes or, you know what I'm saying? And I'd be like, no, no, no. Like, no, I, I'm, I'm just trying to compare the uh, Gini, Gini coefficient with the economics of gentrification. And you know, what I'm saying? it's nothing. I'm just trying to do the. Uh, analysis of macro to micro and you know sometimes social class gender race kind of comes up in the conversations i mean you know sometimes women get paid 80 cents 90 cents less on the dollar than a man also there's also approximately you know this many less you know black women in leadership or this many black men in leadership and you know also typically you know and then i'm going into this back pedal of conversations of like no you know what i'm saying and i'm not trying to deal with all that so i just deleted all the episodes now i'm not sure if i'm gonna do that again with this one because i'm not sure if i can like the, i i feel like the previous uh podcast i feel like anything i covered on that i could probably cover again or already has been covered the stuff i've been going over on this one i don't feel like i can replicate like right away some of this stuff is just it's just too like like in like in, like like these trades i just did right now i can't replicate that stuff you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't do that again. Um, so that's the thing I had to work on. I could possibly get rid of the, like, I could take it down. I don't have to delete all the episodes. I could take it down off the Internet, and that way I can work my job. Um, and then also, as I've stated, also got some legal shit that's, you know, kind of public. 
know what I'm saying? So as soon as they just run a background check, and the industry I'm in, you know, the financial industry, they're huge on integrity and ethics. And I'd put an asterisk mark next to that as long as you're not bringing in $20 million a month or something. If you're bringing in millions of dollars a month, uh, integrity and ethics, uh, we could put a little asterisk next to that. Why? Because we can just go down the legal system, arbitrations and different things, prolong it long enough so that, you know, the regulators can't, you know, I mean, they, they you know, I saw a case that they regulators brought up from like 30 years ago. So they can, it depends. It's this whole thing. You can play the games, you know what I'm saying? And that's just not stuff that, you know, you really want to deal with. So, um, you know, so, uh, uh, yeah, got the legal issues that are public. I'm pretty sure they say they run the, oh, we got 10 applicants and we got this person with some legal issues, but the rest of them don't. Let's just get rid of him and just, so essentially I, I kind of make things easy for people. You know what I'm saying? And then I got this house of barf, you know what I'm saying? And then I got a, a children's book coming out about financial literacy. You know what I'm saying? So I could pretty much see companies being like, you know what? He got a bunch of stuff going on. He just, he doesn't seem, uh, you know, this is how corporations kind of treat you. He doesn't seem like he has a specific, measurable, actionable, uh, reachable, um, in a, you know, time frame or whatever. Uh, we're not sure if we can really deal with him. And it's, in my personal opinion, like, you know, I don't know. I think it's a bunch of bath water or used bath water. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, just a bunch of BS. But you know what? You got to respect people. You know what I'm saying? Got to respect people and their opinions and their optics. You know, I've heard some people say perception is real. And, and what they mean is um, perception is not real. Th that's what they mean is. However, if somebody perceives something, we know human beings can be very visual creatures and very analytical. If you've been in your job for 15 years, 20 years, you've seen a lot. You, you Trust me. They sit there and they say, from my experience, people who are like this are typically narcissists or typically passive or passive aggressive or very nice or very smart or very ambitious. But you won't see them in five years. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, you know, in their experience. So people perception, again, going back to consumers, sometimes I say, do consumers really know what they want? And through my research, I realized, oh, yes, they do actually know what they want. So people can say, you know, through my experience, this is what I've learned from this type of personality. These are the situations that we're going to be put in, um, you know, uh, so it's it's not that it's wrong. It's not that it's wrong, but also. We also know human beings are very visual creatures and very analytical. Their perception can, becomes a reality. That's why you always hear first first impressions, lasting impressions. Because, But as we always know, that's stupid. That's why people say it, first impressions, lasting impressions. Meaning that's some stupid BS that people are on. They shouldn't be. Because what if your first impression of me was a day when... Um, I was just really having a rough day, really rough day. You know what I'm saying? And not saying that it's okay, but you just happen to be the individual that I happen to run into on my really rough day. And I don't know. Uh, you say something slick out your mouth that requires not the response that you got. 
You know, and I'm not saying that it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Your first impression of me um, is going to be, oh, no, hell no. Nah. Man, I remember in high school, we used to do this thing called Jonin. Um, I guess it's, it's to some people, I think it's called the dozens or ragging. But essentially, we would Joan on people. So I have actually a homegirl now that tells me, she said, you know, the first time I met you, you jo- you joned on me, and she wasn't from this area. She was from out of state, you know, way out of state. She was from deep south, you know what I'm saying? Um, and she was not accustomed to that at all. So her first impression of me <laughs> was like, this asshole, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm like, nah, man, that's just what we do. We just join on people. And, and I'm not even a real joner, like for real, you know what I'm saying? For real, for real. Nah, there were people that were really good. Me, I was real basic. I was what you would call your two cents. I would drop two cents and then have everybody go, oh, and then everybody just started kind of joning. And the next thing you know, I'm just quiet. You know, now I'm just a prudent student in the classroom. You know, now everybody calm down. You know, but I'm just sitting there like, mm. they're like, nah, Chandler started it. He started it. You know what I'm saying? He trying to act all quiet now. You know, but, you know, I'd just be stupid. But, um. That's that's where we're at with people. And I got to completely understand that. But I will let you know, to an extent, I am hard headed. You know, I used to be in customer service and I ain't ain't changed my voice. I just talk just like this. You see my podcast. You don't see me dropping bombs in the background. You know, (laughs) I just talk just like this, you know, and and this is just the way I'm I'm probably going to try to keep it. And trust me, when I get out in public and I sit down with people you know what I'm saying? Am I sitting there chilling? Maybe have a glass with y'all and just chill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's go over these finances. You know what I'm saying? And we do it. And we do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how it goes. I'm not really changing up the scenario. I know everybody's going to say, yeah, you got to be the new best version of yourself. Put on a suit and look good. I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. Cool. I got it. I got it. Put on the suit. Look good. But I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? So I can completely understand the situation, but we're just going to keep this content going. I have no idea which way the markets are going this morning. Uh, let me see if, let me see, let me go to CNBC real quick. These are the futures. I've also been looking at futures and Forex. I'm starting to get it. So essentially futures is the future. It's It's no option for the underlying stock or anything. It's just a future. Okay, this is the date, but this is the thing is, you know how the options times by like 100 futures, some futures trade times by like 500. Some even natural gas. I was looking at one trading at 7500. The multiplier options is times 100. So I was looking at this S&P mini uh, backslash ES uh, echo. I don't know, uh, Sigma, backslash Echo Sigma, ticker symbol. That is multiplied by 500. That is amazing. So um, those are futures. And then also I was looking at um, Forex. Still trying to understand Forex and how it works. Uh, Looked at some pips or some uh, bearish, whatever. A lot of technical analysis. So... Um, looks like the futures are going to open up slightly lower. 
The Dow Jones futures are trading at approximately negative 0.02%. S&P 500 trading at approximately negative 0.14%. NASDAQ futures trading at approximately negative 0.25%. We have oil trading at approximately $81.66. Ten-year yield is at approximately 4.149. If I'm correct, that's good, right? So we should be seeing interest rates dropping a little bit, if I'm correct. I'm not sure how that works. Um, let me see. Uh, I don't want to turn on the TV right now because I, I, I'm it'll mess up my recording. But okay, so that's how the futures look. We'll get back to it. We have a few. We got a few hours before uh, market opens. Uh, it's approximately five thirty-three a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I want to take time to say thank you to anybody and everybody who decides to take time out of their wonderful day to come kick it with your mans. I appreciate it. God bless y'all. Please support uh, House of Barf. Whatever you, whatever you send, will help sustain future episodes um, and content so that we can, you know, whatever it is. I don't know if it makes sense. How you, how you know, essentially. It doesn't make sense. You support me. What happens? My portfolio gets bigger. That's money you could add to your portfolio, right? So my content gets greater. You could create your own content. I get it. So it's kind of like, why am I going to support you? You know, so this is where I just become a a podcaster where I'm going to have to take certain episodes. Like, like let's say this episode, I'm going to have to take it down and charge people for it. And, you know, I got to figure out merchandise and a bunch of other stuff. I get it. I get it. I don't know how all this is going to work in in the future. How are we going to? How am I going to bring in money on this podcast? Maybe I won't. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, any support you give, um, it'll, uh, trust me, it'll help sustain future episodes. Yes. Do I have bills to pay? You know. So why would I support? Why would somebody support me to help me pay my bills? Yeah, I got bills to pay. I'm I'm not I'm not in a job. And I really am upset at me learning how to trade because guess what? When I opened up my account, one of the things I did was take out some money so that I could pay some bills. You know what I'm saying? Well, since I've been getting better at my trading, I'm like, damn, I didn't have to do that. You know, I could have, I don't know, I could have sold some contracts possibly, got some premiums, paid the bills with the premiums if the premiums expired worthless. So there were some options I had, but, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um... Also, I do have a children's book coming out. Langston Mason's uh, Cooling Maid Stand Adventure. Uh, please, when it comes out, support your mans. You know, look, I'm not perfect. Um, you know, I made a lot of mistakes and I've probably said a lot of things even on this podcast that was inappropriate or unacceptable. You know, but seriously, by the end of my days, hopefully... You know, the truth will come to the top. The cream will come to the top. And people will realize that truly he's just an entrepreneur, you know, that is wild. But also, you know, I don't know, is trying, you know. So probably pissed a lot of people off in life. Probably made a lot of mistakes. But at the end of the day, just a regular Joe Schmo just trying to get along in this world, (laughs) you know, and just do it. You know, create as much positive energy as possible. And I'm getting better. I really am getting better. I'm not 
kirking on people as much as uh, I was a year ago. A year ago, I was flipping out on people. Unacceptable, you know. Now I'm learning to kind of. So I, I could tell you one incident. Hanging out with a group of friends. Um, and there were some people who were non, uh, I guess, non-black, right? And they come around and, uh, you know, I'm sipping my own business. And they're like, hey, what you sipping on? Let me guess. Hennessy? And I'm like, I turn my neck and I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. What 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 would make you say something like that? And they're like, yo, we're just joking, man. Well, now I'm starting to learn to say things like, you know, well, well, why would you? What makes you think I'm drinking Hennessy or something? Or uh, there's other incidents as well. Oh my gosh, it's with with my strange spouse. Uh, people saying, oh my gosh, man, there was so much stuff going on. I'm just flipping out. Essentially, I got to a point. Um, where I just kind of blew up. I said, you know, I've said it before to Dr. Manhattan and I just went to Mars and started creating and starting to create content. You know, <laughs> that's essentially all I did. I was like, I got to get out of here. My name is dropping in too much stuff. You people are calling me, telling me, hey, you know, you can't uh, do this with your spouse or whatnot. Or, hey, you know this. And I'm like, how the hell do you even know what I'm going through? You know, I didn't talk to you. Obviously, my spouse is talking to you or somebody's talking to you. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, so I are people calling, hey, we just care about you, brother. We know you're going through this. I'm like, who the hell talked to you and told you all this stuff? Oh, no, we just we care about you. We know you're going through a stressful position and we just want to help. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't want your help. Back up, you know, and got to a point where I'm just kind of flipping out on people. But actually, I'm in a pretty good spot. You know, one thing I think I'm in a pretty good spot is because I think now I'm creating my boundaries. Before, I think I was allowing just too much to go on. Just crazy. And I would always try to accept people for who they are. Okay, this person likes to talk about inappropriate stuff. Gosh, my children are right here. But right now, we just need to hear about their threesome that they had a couple of weeks ago with a couple of hookers. All right, great. You know, I'm kind of like, hey, you know. Yeah, you know, we can't control people, but you can control yourself. Okay, so yes, that, that was probably an inappropriate conversation, but we'll get this all figured out. Okay, on the other end, uh, stuff being said to my spouse. Oh, you know, um, we oh we just hang out and we just talk and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, man. But now I think boundaries are getting created and people can still cross those boundaries or not. But when people cross the boundaries now, you know, now I can more so let people know how I feel. And I'm not perfect. I'm still working on it, knowing how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't like when you did that. And if they don't care, then it's like, dude, listen, this is why, you know, I'm going to have to move forward. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get myself all worked up. I'm working on it. I'm not perfect still, okay? <laughs> like, don't think I got this all down pat. All right? But, you know what I'm saying? Say, like, okay, go ahead. If you need to do your thing, you need to do your thing. You just have to. You and my estranged spouse are just that much of best friends. You just need to call her and just see how she's doing. And you just need to hang out with her because she's your friend. And blah, blah, blah. And I tell you, I'm like, man, I don't think that stuff is cool. I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's necessary. But you just feel, I set my boundary. I don't like it. You want to, you don't want to respect it? Okay. I don't need to get myself all worked up. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. 
Y'all go do y'all thing. I'm moving forward. You know what I'm saying? What, what, what I got going on. Working on my coping skills as well. Last thing, I'm also working on my adjusting skills. Something I really think I struggle with is, for example, um, I've been through so many periods in my life, probably within the last five years. But the only thing I was always wanting to do is to get everything back to the way it used to be. I'm going through all these transitions and all these transitions. All I'm doing is fighting to get things back the way they used to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was not really like adjusting with what was going on. So, for example, even right now, I'm in a situation where I'm estranged from my spouse. I'm losing my house and my car and everything. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to maintain the house, maintain the car, maintain whatever relationships I have, whatever. I don't know. When I need to get to the position of, okay, we're in a new period in our life now and we need to move forward. If that even requires selling the car, selling the house, cutting off all relationships, we're in a new area right now and moving forward, you know, so kind of getting in the situation that I'm in and adjusting to it. What do I want to do? I wish I could just have my homeboys and my homegirls and we all kick it like we used to in the basement, like on that 70s show. I had that basement. I that We all had the basement, but that was me. People come to my basement, used to kick it, play Nintendo 64, 007, Goldeneye. You know what I'm saying? Doc, was it uh, Perfect Dark, uh, uh, Mario Kart, um, shit, it, Brett Favre, football. It goes on and on and on. And uh, uh, got the GameCube and playing Soul Calibur or whatever it was called. You know what I'm saying? Great days laughing. I mean, laughing until your gut hurt. Gut busting laughing. You know what I'm saying? Chilling, having great times. And that is what I strive for. But it doesn't look like those days are ever coming back. You know, so. Uh, so we just keep fighting and keep moving forward. And. Just keep adjusting to the current the current element, just like investments. We gotta to adjust to the current element. Yes. Was this company a great company back then? Yeah, but may not be a great company now. So what do we need to do with this? Well, if you want to purchase it, maybe you buy yourself a short call or a long put in order to, you know, hedge your position. You know? So gotta look at, you know, all these opportunities and everything and just realize one thing is as long as we got God, everything's going to be great. You know what I'm saying? So we're good. We're good there. But also, every situation we're in is for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So it's all perfect. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and quit it here. Uh, got to get ready. Get ready for this day. This day is probably going to kick my ass. Uh, but it's all good. Thank you so much to anybody and everybody who decided to take time out of the wonderful day to come kick it with your mans. I appreciate it. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Blah! Introducing the Listener Support Program, feeling the future and quality of House of Barf. Dear loyal listeners, at the House of Barf, we strive to bring you the most engaging, informative, and entertaining content every day into the world of business, accounting, regulation, and finance. We strive to provide you with expert knowledge, practical tips, 
and thought-provoking discussions to help you excel in your financial endeavors. We are dedicated to fostering meaningful conversations, sharing valuable insights, and creating a community of like-minded individuals who are passionate about business, accounting, regulation, and finance. Producing high-quality content requires dedication, resources, and effort from a talented team of one, me, but in the future, you know, hopefully I'll have a team. That's why we are excited to introduce our listener support program. This initiative allows you, our cherished audience members, to play a pivotal role in shaping the future and the content and assuring House of Bar's sustainability. In the future, becoming a supporter, you'll be able to enjoy a range of exclusive benefits. Benefits that I'm hoping to be able to bring eventually, early access to episodes, um, access to episodes that are not, you know, public, uh, you know, that are not accessible to everyone, possibly even um, create better content. And then all those mistakes I make, maybe I'll put them in a separate episode. You'll be able to get some behind the scenes stuff um, uh, and other uh, exclusive um, um, things such as merchandise. Possibly I have, uh, you know, a children's book coming out, maybe able to offer that. Uh, your support goes directly towards enhancing the quality of our content, expanding our reach, our research, and investing in new resources and technology to bring you even better experiences. Your contribution will help us continue to deliver thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and insightful inter... Oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, may, in the future, may possibly interview someone uh that will keep you engaged and inspired join me us in shaping the future of house of barf by becoming a supporter today your generosity empowers us to keep our conversations alive and ensures that we can contribute to provide valuable content to audiences around the united states and hopefully in the future of the world to support us simply visit podcasters.spotify.com then you can get to House of Barf. Um, also, it is on Spotify. And um, support this podcast and become a supporter. And choose a membership tier that aligns with your preferences. Every contribution, no matter how small or how big, makes a meaningful impact and is deeply appreciated. Thank you for being an essential part of our journey. With your support, we can reach new heights and create content that truly resonates with you, our incredible listeners. God bless. Happy listening. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Again, if you would like, you can visit podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash Chan hyphen man seven. And you can go to support this podcast. And become a supporter today. Thank you. You can also reach me at c287gph at gmail.com. Thank you again. You have a wonderful day. God bless.